Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast, everybody. I have uh, my guest host, Barry Rice, here with us today. Hey, what's happening, everybody? And Pete Robertson. Hello, gentlemen. And this is Bob Shoneman. And man, guys, we just got off of Mother's Day weekend. I hope you did something special for your wives and uh, your mothers. What'd you guys do? I didn't do anything for my wife too much. You my didn't? Kid, no, you guys went out of town, didn't you? Been, yeah. They're, you know, they're old now, so they need to take care of mom. You know, it is Mother's Day. Yeah. But I, but I did talk some sweet nothing story, you know, just did some you? loving. Yeah. But you got to see your mom, right? Yeah. So it was really cool. I got to go. I went out to California, um, spent some four or five days. I actually got in this morning real early. Um, and uh, yeah, it was awesome. Hanging out with my brothers, hanging out with my family. Um, shout out to Adeline. We got to celebrate her, my niece's uh, 10th uh, Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah. So that's it's awesome. Kind of exciting. So we got to do that. And then, uh, yeah, just bless my mom. My mom is uh, an amazing uh, lady and um, she's just uh, been a rock solid uh, foundation for this family. And uh, I, I, you know, I look at my life and in, in the direction that I'm taking and I, my mom is the the pillar behind that. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's exciting. How about you, Barry? Yes, sir. I called my mom and uh, we had a great conversation and she's coming down in less than two weeks. Awesome. I cannot wait to see her. She's going to spend a month with us Wow! and uh, we're going to have the best time. It's, it's just going to be awesome. The kids are so excited. Yeah. And and my wife, she is the best mother. I'm telling you, she six babies and <laughs> and uh, she is the rock of our our lives too. She's just awesome. That's so cool. Well, I my mom is celebrating with Jesus, so she had better company than me. And uh, I got to spend uh, the weekend with my wife doing two of her favorite things: spending time with me, <laughs> right, honey? And uh, number two was go <laughs> go bowling. So we, we we went and bowled the state tournament in Florida this weekend, and we just had a good time. Got to see the beach, got to just hang out and have a have a great time together. On fire. Yeah, well, it, it was fun. I, I, I saw your numbers. I haven't bowled competitively since COVID broke out, and um, it, it felt good. It was it was a and lot. And you're of traveling fun. this week, and I'm traveling again this week. Which I'm going to I'm going to Vegas. And Pete sent us a picture last week in California. So this may not, you know, you guys may not all relate to this. If West Coast, you know, West Coast. Yeah. Belgium yeah. may not have any idea what we're talking about. Right. But there's this place called In and Out Burger it has amazing cheeseburgers and fries. And uh, so Pete sends me a picture of this last week. So the good news is, you know, I get to have it tomorrow because they have it in Vegas. But that's like one of the cruelest things you can do to somebody in Florida. I sent it when subtle. You go out west, send a picture of In and Out Burger. All I said was the it. cup. You had to know what it was. I know. I, I didn't know. go but to the I burger. Did I didn't do was. anything else. Yeah. Did you turn it upside down and see what was under what it said underneath it? I didn't know. Uh, I just know that I'll it was there. For you tomorrow. Yeah. I'll do that for you tomorrow. They have a couple that they use. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. So, man, we've had a, just a, it was an amazing week. We have an amazing guest on our show today. For those of you that are regular listeners, I know it's been a few weeks since we've had a guest and we are so excited about uh, having this man on with us today. And uh, I'm not going to give it away. I'm going to let Pastor Barry introduce him a little bit. But kind of as a segue into that, I want to share our show sponsor for today. Our show sponsor for today is EGS, Encouraging God's Servants. This is an amazing ministry that, uh, well, I'm not going to tell you a lot about it, but they're, they they just really feed into uh, the heart of people that are just pastors that just are struggling maybe, or just need someone to just look out for them. But man, he will share his passion in this, and I can't wait to hear 
share a little bit about that. So um, wait, before I do anything else, you guys, I haven't done any dad jokes in a while. You want to hear a dad joke? Yeah, I would oh, love absolutely. to. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I can't resist. So um, why do giraffes make good role models? Let's make good role models. I don't know. Because hey, everybody awesome. looks up to them. Uh, that was good. Awesome. All right, awesome. on that. Sorry, I couldn't resist. Dad joke one hundred and one. Well, that was very. Will you introduce our special yeah. guest? <laughs> well, as I introduce this guest, this guy is definitely a heavy hitter, and uh, you know, I I have been personally involved with this guy's ministry, and uh, I love him to death. He has made a big impact on me, and uh, his name is Rick Blythe, and he is the founder of EGS. I uh, grew up here in Orlando, uh, played football at a small little school called uh, hey, yeah, small. Uh, Florida State. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well done. Well done. <laughs> He's been a pastor for a very long time, and God uh, just put on his heart to minister to other pastors. And that's when he founded EGS. And uh, I just appreciate this brother so much. And uh, he is a leader of pastors. He is an amazing man of God. I want to welcome to the hot seat of Riot Podcast, Come on. Dr. Rick Blythe. Yeah. Man, welcome. I, don't, I don't know about that introduction, but it's sure nice. Yeah. Hopefully he's going to show up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Barry. I, um, I'm grateful for the opportunity to be with you guys and to share with the listeners. The heart that God gave me came out of my own experience of years of pastoring churches. The last church that I was senior pastor of was a, a very large church for church sizes. It wasn't in the thousands, millions, but it was a pretty good size, about a thousand folks involved. And we had a 17 staff members and had a $2 million budget. And it was really kind of an, it, it was, you know, for a guy wanting that it was perfect. Mm. But the reality was uh, seven, six and a half years into it, I found myself uh, not motivated just didn't draw. And uh, the breaking point was a lady came in as she did every year to tell me about VBS and the plans and go through all the, and she left. And when she closed the door, my, I was out, I was done. I, I knew it. And it scared me because I wasn't sure what was going on. So we took three days, my wife and I prayed and asked God to help us in figuring out what all that was about. Uh, Cause it's not the kind of church you want to leave. It was a white collar church and had funds and all the things you hope for. But the reality was I had seen over the years so many broken and hurt pastors and staff members crushed by pastors and then crushed by laymen. And the whole battle in the church, uh, this spiritual warfare topic is uh, driven right from the pureness of my heart to see that the enemy will take anything that's not tied down and use it to destroy. Mm. And so we began the work. And uh, 22, almost 23 years into this, um, God has given me the opportunity to transitional work. Uh, I go into a church under EGS and spend somewhere from a year and a half to three years working with them, trying to identify what the issues are, helping them in the process, and then helping them call a pastor. And I've done four or five of those. And, and then uh, the last one uh, I helped, I was there five years. And at this point, I'm racking up years. And I'm thinking, okay, my kids are growing. I got five grandkids. This is not working. And uh, we heard about a guy that uh, was in Virginia and he was on a work release program. 
<laughs> and uh and barry was uh, just a joy in my heart because when i got there i saw an authentic servant of the lord and the 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 turning point was they were having a birthday party and i went in to enjoy the dinner of course their family has a lot of people right that eat it those meal times, And so they had this big thing of stew and all this stuff was phenomenal. And uh, we'll never forget it. It marked my life. Uh, after we got through, Barry asked his two of his daughters to sing and they did. And we had worship right there in the mm, kitchen. So good. Oh man. My, I mean, I was just teared up. It was mm. so refreshing for me mm. on authentic and real. And I knew we found a guy. Mm. And so it was my joy to, to help do that transition with the work I've done in transitional pastoring to help him get on board. And so I'm grateful and he's doing a phenomenal job. I, I, I would never have guessed that God would have left me there to set under his teaching, mm. but I am glad he knows how to teach and <laughs> preach <laughs> and being an old athlete, we both have connected well, and we're grateful for that. So EGS has had a journey as any ministry does, and we're not the only ones out there doing it. Praise God. Uh, if we had 400 more, it'd be great because there's a lot more needs than most people realize. So that's kind of the heart. So people can go to encouraginggodservants.com yes. to, to get all the information. Is right. there any, is there's there a better a way? To, awesome. So that's the best way to find out more, learn go, more about EGS. That's, right. that's, that's exactly really cool. Right. Well, if these guys won't ask you this question, but I'm going to. Okay. So do you have a short story on Bobby Bowden? Because he's like one of my heroes, and I would love to hear a quick story if you could share something. Uh, I know I put you on the spot. But no, does anybody know who Bobby Bell? Yeah, is? everybody oh, knows who Bobby Bell. In the sports world, they know who he is. I, I think, I think there's so. ladies out there that probably have no idea. Well, one of the things that makes Coach Bowden so awesome was that he followed uh, a, a different kind of coach, uh, and I won't get into giving Coach Pete a bad name, but the reality was he was having trouble memory and stuff. And the, one of the funny stories is told we were, he said, now, men, I need you to circle up, get in a straight line. <laughs> and circle I thought, up and get in a straight line. <laughs> Holy cow, this is for real. And uh, one, of the, one of the second string running back was uh, showing a kid around the school. And Coach Pete came up to him and said, hey, um, how you like it? Think you may come here? And he said, Coach, I'm wow. on the team. I'm your running back. <laughs> <laughs> so in comes Coach Bowden. Yeah. So here comes Coach Bowden. And I'm I'm asked to, I'm asked to introduce Coach at an FCA rally. And uh, I I wanted so to do this thing right and get a laugh out of it too. And so um, I called the secretary and she said, Well, he loves golf. I said, well, that's all I need. I can go from there. <laughs> well, it appears that Coach Bowden had a lot of trouble on water holes, <laughs> that he spent more time in the hole than he actually did in the fairway. So as part of the introduction, I went out and bought a box of floater golf balls. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I told the audience, I said, hey, listen, Coach is awesome, and he's the great, he's the real deal, and but golfing's kind of a challenge for him. And uh, I said, so I went out and bought him something. And I gave him that box of water floaters. He loved it. That's the kind of guy he was. So he's cool. Thanks for asking. He's an awesome changer of lives. One, one, one testimony that's not funny. It's just amazing. Uh, there was a death on the team, and he called all the players in, and he talked to them about death and dying. And 
the personal relationship with Jesus Christ and, and presented the gospel and he left. And uh, probably 20 minutes afterwards, there was a knock on the door and coach Ricks, who is, I I think a tremendous Georgia, all the trail he's been on. Um, he, uh, he said, coach, I don't understand what you shared. Oh, wow. And coach Bowden sat him down and explained the gospel and he prayed to receive Christ and coach. He's been an unbelievable Christian coach, but that's to how God used him. So yeah. I could talk forever about him. I love him. That's a welcome. He's the real deal. Time coach <laughs> yeah, he's the real he's, deal. He was the head coach for Florida, Florida State, State University. University. A couple of national championships. I mean, buddy, what? I'm telling you, when when you win a couple of national championships, the 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 portals of heaven fall with money. <laughs> it's amazing. We update so, so anybody that's out there listening, he's a big time coach. So yeah. Yep. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Good clarification. Yeah. He's big, a big, big time, time coach. And yeah. did it the right and way. And retired. Yeah. 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 But uh, Coach Bobby Bowden loves Jesus with all Amen. of his heart. Oh, supported FCA and uh, really was a strong influence in all of college football spiritually. I was with him at a state coaches clinic, and uh, he was told that that's not a place to share the gospel. And uh, I went just to be there to be support for him. <laughs> was it a dare? Oh, it had to be because when he got <laughs> finished, he said, now, man, let me clarify something. How you become a real winner is you develop a personal relationship with Christ. And while we're here, let me tell you how you do that. It's so good. And so afterwards I went up to him and I said, coach, 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 you were supposed to do that. He said, well, I did it. (laughs) Wasn't Lou Holtz like that too? I think so. Yeah. I think Lou Holtz had had that same kind of mindset. Yeah. So cool. Well, guys, we got a, we got a big show today. We are very excited. We're going to talk about uh, spiritual warfare. And I know this is a passion of yours, Pastor Rick. And uh, that's, man, that's really why we wanted to have you on the show and get your insight into this uh, very, very important topic. But uh, before we jump into the show, Pete, would you mind kind of opening us up in some prayer and uh, just setting, setting the mood, setting the tone Mm -hmm. and uh, getting us right? Lord, we are just so grateful, um, Lord, that uh, you have set us apart for such a time as this. Mm -hmm. And Lord, with that, we are humbled. Lord, we just want to exalt you above everything. Mm -hmm. Lord, we want you to be glorified. And Lord, we know that in you, all things are possible. And we know, Lord, that outside of you, nothing is impossible. And we also know, Lord, that if you are at the forefront in the center of every aspect of our lives, Lord, there is nothing that can defeat us. Lord, greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world. And we know, Lord, that you are the answer to what we're talking about today. Lord, there is an enemy. He is real. Lord, he is coming out against us, Lord. He does dominate this world today. Lord, We all we have to do is turn on the news. But we know, Lord, that your love and your truth and everything about you is so much greater and so much better. And Lord, we can live our king, the, the kingdom now, Lord, with you at the forefront. And so, Lord, we just pray now that you would help us speak about your truth, that you would bring it to life, and Lord, help give tools and keys to the people learning what is a spiritual warfare, what is a spiritual attack, and that we can just bring it to light today. We love you, God. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pete. So, spiritual war- warfare. Um, have you ever felt like <laughs> no matter what you do or what you say, there's something out there to get you? Hmm. Well, as a follower of God, the Bible tells us that there is a cosmic war happening and we are the battlefield. God wants us to follow him, but there is an enemy, the devil, who is doing everything he can to make us choose anything but God. Hmm. 
The Bible goes so far to say the enemy seeks to steal, kill, and destroy us in John 10, 10. He's got a lot of experience and has a solid playbook, but, you know, and, you know, we're not saying that every bad thing that happens in your life is a supernatural attack, but there is an enemy working against you. Um, First Peter 5, 8 says, be sober-minded and be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking for someone to destroy. And guys, you know, it's real. So we are in a war. And, you know, my, my, my um, suggestion or my cry to you is just be wary of the extremes. Don't be overwhelmed or paralyzed with fear. And, but don't, re- don't disregard it either. Instead, know that spiritual warfare is real and that you are the target and that it's already been won by our Savior, Jesus Christ. C.S. Lewis said that there are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about the devils. One is to disbelieve their existence. The other is to believe and feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. And then Ephesians 6.12 says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. So what do you guys think? Dive into the spiritual warfare. Yeah. Hey, guys, I'm telling you, this is a real deal. And most Christians do not uh, realize what a battle they're in. And uh, they're... Everywhere we go, everything we do, there is a spiritual warfare going on uh, behind the scenes. And I really like what you just read there, Bob, that it says that our our struggle, our battle is not against flesh and blood. It is not the people that we're battling with. It's not our, our spouses. It's not our best friends. It's not our children. It's not the guy that that says you're number one that you cut off on uh, the freeway I-4 in Orlando. It is a real dominion of evil. And that's, that's what we're up against. Talk to me guys. There's two wars going on. One is a godly war. There's a spiritual, and then there's also an evil war. And so the um, if you think about um, every day, we once we leave our house or once we wake up in the morning, there's an adversary and that adversary's main sole responsibility is to defeat you from getting the kingdom of God out. He's to he's 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 roaring. He's he's prouncing around. He knows the Bible backwards and forwards. He knows uh, our weaknesses. He, he has a strategy to defeat us. And, and every single day, if he can get you to be shut up, he wins. If he can get you not to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, he wins. If he can get you to worry, he wins. If he can get you to get your eyes off of God, he wins. If he can get you to fight with your spouse, he wins. If he can get you to have an angry outburst, he wins. And so there's, that's his job. His job is to defeat you. But then there's the other side. And the other side is God greater is he that's in us than Amen. he that's in this world. Amen. The other side is that, that God has already claimed victory. The other side is that he's given us the tools and the power to overcome this evil darkness Amen. and that we can defeat the enemy and we can do the things necessary to obliterate him from ever having place or a foothold in our lives. 
And so today we want to talk about that. Today we want to talk about what does that spiritual attack look like? Today we want to talk about the tools and the things that we need to do that are necessary to be able to defeat the enemy. And But if we don't know what that looks like, then many times we can't defeat it. And so we want to do that. And so if you're listening today, get your piece of paper and a pen, and and you're going to write down these seven steps that we're going to talk about. And, and get that and, 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 and listen to what we're saying. And, and this is going to help you be on guard for what is going to be coming every single day. Amen. I just want to say, Pete, that, that sometimes having a definition helps. And uh, the battle's main, mainly in our mind. And uh, the definition that would be helpful is that uh, a satanic stronghold is a place of weakness in my life where Satan wants to develop a power base opposite to God's will for my life. Mm. That stronghold can either be an attitude or an action. And I think the war is real. Uh, sometimes uh, you may be listening today and you're thinking, well, I, that's just coincidence that that happened. And oh my, just unlucky. That's it. Yeah. And, and you got to realize that you're in a war and that you have answers. And the idea is that you have somehow often, if you're a believer, if you're without Christ, I would say you're going to struggle till you come to a resolve about what Christ did for us and for you. But the reality is, is that it is an ongoing battle. And so as a follower of Christ, we've got to realize this has gone on and something has been lodged in your life. Okay. I don't want you to go into some crazy, you know, naval searching experience. Uh, but the reality is you've allowed a stronghold to be built and yeah. that stronghold is manipulating you. And that's what the enemy uses. Yeah. Yeah. Last week we talked about forgiveness and one of those strongholds could be a lack of forgiveness where we've allowed bitterness and a calloused heart and anger to come out because we have held on to past pains and past hurts and the enemy can use that uh, mightily against us. A lot of pastors carried that weight. And if you're out there and you're a pastor, know God loves you and he's got a perfect plan, mm. but he also is not going to let you hide behind a lie. Yeah. And you got to be vulnerable and you got to be honest and you mm. got to be transparent. But the reality is, is that there's hope for you. Yeah. And the longer you dwell on is I've been in it a long time. And uh, I was told early in the ministry, write the name of your enemy on a golf ball and then go out and play golf. <laughs> Just smash <laughs> that. Sucker. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and not a floater. We want the thing. And not a floater. Let it sink all the way to the ground. <laughs> And then the Lord opened my eyes and I began to realize that was not the plan, mm. not the plan. It wouldn't fix anything. Yeah. People understand that people that are in ministry, especially pastors, um, they, their sole purpose is to preach the gospel. Their sole purpose is to evangelize to the lost. And that's the last thing that Satan wants done. Right. And so there is a spiritual battle and war in our pastors. And if you're out there listening and you're a pastor, you need to be praying for him. Stand in the gap with your pastor and, and pray for him constantly because it is, I mean, not only are you going to be attacked, but your pastor is many times doubly attacked because of what the, the ministry that he's doing or she's doing. So, yeah. It's, you know, I, I really... Uh, like that passage that you read from First uh, Peter that talks about the the enemy being a, a lion. And man, I'm a natural uh, National Geographic guy watching uh, the antelopes and <laughs> and this lion. The antelopes. The uh, that's lion, a different antelope. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the lion sneaking up, and nobody knows the lion really is there. 
And I think that's the way the enemy Ooh, is a lot of times that that we really don't realize that they're there, mm-hmm. but uh, what they wait on and what the enemy waits on it, it is when we get alone, when we get frustrated, mm-hmm. when we get discouraged, when we get anxious and anxiety and, and he pounces on us. And, and the way he pounces on us is that he, he shoots these arrows of lies. Mm. He lies to us and he embeds a lie in our mind and he tries to get us to accept it. And what does that do? How do we know that, that we're under spiritual attack? Uh, It's, it's really a lot of times lies and, and what he's trying to do is get my focus off of God and put them on, not him, not him. He doesn't want anybody to know he's there on myself mm-hmm. and, and get a woe is me type of mentality or just get frustrated and angry or, or however it is really uh, think about all these people are talking about me or all these distractions. He is the prince of distraction because he's a prince of lies. Really Amen. And I bet there's there's people out there that haven't even really heard of spiritual warfare, don't even know it exists. So I, th- I think it's great that we're bringing that up. But I, Pete mentioned this earlier, we're going to give you seven examples or seven ways to kind of know that you're being attacked spiritually. But after that, more importantly, we're going to we're going to discuss some ways to deal with those attacks. But uh, let's jump into um, what they look like. Does that sound yeah. good, guys? Yeah. So the first one is loss of spiritual desire. The goal of any spiritual attack is to turn you away from God or turn you away from what God wants you to do in your life. That is why the first warning sign of attack is a loss of spiritual desire. Yeah. Have you ever heard somebody when they, you know, they just said, I just don't have the desire to read the Bible anymore, hmm. or I just don't study like I used to. And you hear that. And, and that would be a spiritual attack. And so there's some people out there right now that might not, um, be reading their Bible at all. That's a spiritual attack. If, it, if Satan can get you out of truth, he wins. He's separating mm-hmm. you. That's exactly what he's doing. Yeah. And part of the problem for a pastor is that they don't want to let anybody down. And there's this built-in fleshly desire because they're motivated by encouraging people. But when they start to realize they're failing, they withdraw hmm. and they don't stay visible and they don't they don't want to be on the front because somebody's going to call them out. So they consume, they get hit in busyness. They do things that sometimes they don't even realize they're getting trapped in. And all I would say is that it's definitely an indicator that you, you need to grab hold. Yeah. So if that's happening in your life and you see that and you recognize that, that you do not have a spiritual uh, desire, what, what would you guys recommend that they need to do to help that? I always try to ask them to have accountability partners, mm. somebody that's real in their life. They don't need somebody who's just going to blow smoke. They need somebody who says, boy, so that was good. really good. Oh, you know what? I need to pray harder for you. Mm. And it's so good. It's very important. Mm. Yeah. Someone that can actually speak into your life. Yep. Yeah. Someone that can actually tell you the hard truths. And, and that's really, that's really the key is that, you know, not someone that's, you know, fearful of you or intimidated by you or whatever, but they can actually look you in the eyes and tell you the hard truth. Yeah. Why, why does the enemy want to pull us away from growing spiritually and being on fire spiritually? He wants us to unplug. John 15 says, 
abide in me Mm -hmm. and I will abide in you and you will bear much fruit. And what that fruit is revealing the character of Christ. When we reveal the character of Christ, we shine and we draw all men unto him. And that's exactly what the enemy is about. Unplugging you so that you do not have power. If that lamp is not plugged into the wall, it can't shine. And so he gets us to focus on ourselves and, and, what what is discouraging about when we start focusing on ourselves and we don't think things are going the way we want them? Uh, we we unconsciously have this deal with God. If you bless me, I'll spend time with you. Yeah. If you'll show me your favor, I'll I'll seek you with all my heart. Hmm. It's this if then statement, Bob. You're a computer guy. This if then statement uh, works out, then everything's good. But if it's hard, if it's uncomfortable, if I'm starting going through some tough times, you know, exactly what Satan said about Job. If you take this away from him and remove your favor, he will curse mm-hmm. God to his face. Mm-hmm. He'll curse you to your face, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what Satan is trying to do. He's trying to get our eyes off of God where the power is and connecting to getting it on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's, oh, I'm sorry. There's going to be many times that we don't want to, but we, we need to. We need to fight through that. And, and we need to say, God, I don't want to, but Lord, I know that you want me to. And so, Lord, I need to depend upon you right now. And so help me, help me to get through this. Help me to have that spiritual fire and that desire that I need. And it's not quitting. It's not giving up. It's fighting through it. Amen. The challenge in our culture today, my opinion, our doctrine is down the tube. We've got people making up statements and positions based on their own spiritual journey. So what I have discovered is that a stronghold can cause us to pervert an area of our Christian walk. Mm -hmm. And what happens to us is we start to say, well, that's not what that verse meant Mm. because I don't want to be exposed to the fact that I am not doing what that verse says. Mm. And I think that unless you've built a trust with somebody, you're going to run down a slippery slope. And then to prevent our knowing God's will, there, there are a lot of academically sharp people out there, Christian, layman, ministers, pastors, they got a lot of head knowledge, but they have very little experiential knowledge. Yeah. And if I start changing the rules, if I start changing the, the accountability, because I don't want to be held to that standard, hmm. uh, we're in big trouble. Yeah. And in this culture we're in right now, people don't even know. Yeah. I mean, we get, you know, when your, your desire is less, I mean, this is the time you've got to dive in even more. Yeah. And if you don't understand that that is an attack, you're going to miss it. And it's that death spiral that uh, Pastor Barry was talking about yesterday, right? It just goes around and around and, you know, it, you, it's tough to get out of it, which Amen. is why the things that you've mentioned, having accountability, having having people around you that can speak those tough things into your life is so important. People that aren't afraid to get a kind of ruffle your feathers a little bit, but man, we all have blind spots. We need people Amen. around us that can, that can point that's out, good, Hey, huh? you're, you know, Amen. that's off. Yeah. That's off. That's right. not right. And, and you know it, but sometimes you just need to have a little, a little bit of a push, but that's really good. So the second thing is um, the, the second sign is physical fatigue. And man, I'm like, man, I feel tired all the time. Maybe this is me. right? <laughs> I don't know. Part of it's getting older or part of it is maybe I'm being attacked. So let's talk a little bit about that. But the second warning sign is physical fatigue. Keep in mind that we are created beings um, of spirit, soul, and body. If my body is weak, it allows things to get into my mind and my soul that allow things to negatively affect our spirit. Many times we face our greatest attacks 
just before great promotion by God. And that is so good. And, and just after great success, we sometimes we get attacked. So it's like, you know, right when you're at the peak, be careful because that could be when you're going to get attacked. Keep in mind when you're going through it, an attack could very well be an indication that you are about to be promoted, <coughs> excuse me, or have a great victory. Satan attacks our bodies when, when this happens. So mm. thoughts, guys, or examples of when this has happened? You've seen it happen? Well, all you have to do is ask a pastor, what's your toughest day of the week, right? It's always Monday. It really is because you are spiritually uh, just giving it all you got. You you poured yourself. You've been wrung out like a sponge and physical fatigue definitely sets in. And and I would even go further to say even sickness mm -hmm. uh, when when you're discouraged yes. and when you're uh being bombarded with lies from the enemy and you're under attack, yeah. it, it even becomes a sickness yeah. at times. And I feel, I feel just a weight. I, it's hard to describe, yep. but, but I know when I'm feeling that weight and I just got these negative thoughts and I'm angry for no reason. And I'm just mm -hmm. frustrated. Yep. Right. The enemy is tempting me and he's trying to get me uh, distracted and, and away from the real prize. Hmm. Good word. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a um, there's a time where you are. So right after you have like a great victory, I can talk to this where you're attacked a lot of times or you'll come down with sickness or you'll come down with some sort of uh, weakness um, or you're tired or maybe you enter into a depression. Um, that's happens. I mean, anything that Satan can do to get, keep you from continuing on, to keep you out of that victory lane, to keep you out of that high that God has brought you through. Um, and then another thing is um, sometimes Satan knows the signs because again, he's very smart. So he knows what God has done in, in our lives in the past. He knows when a great promotion is company or when that next chapter of your life is going right. to take place. And so he's going to like, again, the depression, or there's going to be something that he will bring into your life to, to get you distracted, to get you weak, to not get you on fire, to not get you uh, continuing on. And so um, physical and look at Job. I mean, he attacked, you know, Job in the physical fatigue. And so there's, you know, that mindset. I mean, he can't, that allows that, you know, to come after it doesn't kill us, but he can, he can get us distracted for sure. Absolutely. Dr. Dr. Stanley said that um, he has practiced a thing called a halt method, but the first, the H stands for hungry. And uh, if you're hungry, it's a terrible time to make a decision. Mm -hmm. If you're angry, it's a horrible time to make yes. a decision. Yep. If you're tired, it's a bad time to make a yep. decision. And so those are just some yep. signs that yep. you want to catch. Yep. Yep. Be careful. Yep. Good stuff. So we got uh, the spiritual desire, loss of spiritual desire, uh, physical fatigue. The third one is when your resources go dry. There are times when it seems like all of your resources just dry up at the same time. The enemy attacks uh, in this to get you to take your eyes off of God and put your eyes on money. If he can get you worried, worrying uh, rather than worshiping, you will you will start making decisions based on opportunity rather than anointing. Ooh. Always remember there are two times in your life when you are especially vulnerable to temptation, when you have nothing and when you have everything. Mm. Stay close to God in both the good times and the bad times. Wow, that's a pretty amazing deal. I'm, uh, I've, I've been walking since uh, Barry came on board. I've had the privilege to be there and be a support and encourage him and be a prayer partner for him. Uh, but 
no transition churches, no other churches, no other assignments, no anything. And uh, so I've gone through a couple of years of being uh, learning again what faith really is and how God does provide, and he is a provider. But I will say that uh, when that happens, the first tendency is what I do wrong. And that's not the case. Very rare is that the case, because if you've done something wrong with your money, you're going to know it. You'll know that. And uh, being faithful to what you're challenging others to do is very important. And it's a learning curve. But I do believe that's a place where a lot of times we begin to struggle. And uh, the spiritual attack is we don't have the, the, um, the assurance that we're going to make it. So if you're out there and you're a pastor, just take a deep breath. <laughs> because what God is up to may mean you need to go around the desert for a few years so that you have the principle that you've got to learn so that when you're standing in the middle of a battle or in the middle of a fight or in the middle of a stand for purity, that you're not trusting your resources to be your strength, but you're trusting your faith to bring your strength. Yeah. The Israelites had to learn coming out of Egypt. They had to learn, they had to learn to stop relying upon the things that they had in Egypt. And so they had to learn to rely upon God and his manna. And they had to learn to follow him at his pace. Mm. And and when we have money sometimes or when we have resources, we, we look at that as how we're going to purchase or how we're going to buy things or how we're going to do that. And I think this right here, what happens is when when resources dry up, I think the, the simple truth is, is we need to uh, just be still in God's presence. We need to worship him in his presence and we need to thrive in the moment God's given us. And, and I think that's the key is, is instead of dwelling upon uh, the money, dwelling upon the lack of resources, dwelling upon not knowing what's going to happen tomorrow, we need to look at what we have today. And we need to say, all right, God, what is it that you're doing right now? What mm -hmm. is it you're doing in this very moment? And how do you thrive for his glory? Amen. How do you represent him and what you do have? You know, I mean, in my case, I lost everything. I had no money. I had nothing where we had no food. We had no electricity. We had nothing. We had no idea what was going on. And, and God just taught me to simplify things. He taught me to say, you know what? You have your wife to bless today. You have your kids to bless today. You have those people that you're meeting for in Bible study later on today to bless today. Stay focused there. I will provide the resources. And, and Satan wants, Satan uses this and God allows him to use this to get our eyes on that. And so there's a lot of people out there right now that this is one of the main things yeah. that he uses because we're driven by money. And so this is those resources. We're driven by that. We, if we don't have that, we think it's all the end of the world. Oh my gosh, I can't do ministry. God, why are you allowing this? I can't do this ministry. We can't do that. And God's just saying, simplify, simplify. What do I gave you right now? What could you do right now? And then pray against it because God wants his ministry out. Amen. God wants the gospel proclaimed. Amen. And so we don't, we're not defeated by it. We don't accept this. We kick his butt. We go at it. But at the same time, we simplify and we thrive. We become bolder. We become stronger in the midst of this. Yeah, what Satan wants to do, Pete, and you have planted churches, I have planted churches, it's very easy to fall into a mode of scarcity. And what is scarcity is that, uh, man, we don't have this. We don't have that. You focus on what you don't have yep. when you have God, that's all you need. Yep. Right. And Adrian Rogers, uh, one uh, of my favorite pastors mm -hmm. said this, he said, 
where God guides, Amen. he always provides. Amen. And so if God's called you to do something, it is not your responsibility to find the money to do it. Amen. God will provide. That's it. And he has always provide. And, and we take it upon ourselves. Come on, senior pastors. Come on, people who are the leaders of their homes. Uh, I'm even talking to single moms out there. You feel like you've got to be the one that carries the load of uh, providing for your family, the load of providing for the ministry, the, the load of writing the big checks every month. But I'm going to tell you that that is a place that I am in control, right? And I feel like I'm doing a good job when I have a good bank account. And I feel like I, I'm not doing a good job when I don't. And, and that's not the case. When, when things are dry, we got to remember who brings the rain, Amen. right? And that's what God teaches us. And, but, but Satan is trying to, to get us in that scarcity mode and say, I can't because of this. You, you are never limited. By what your bank account says, Amen. because I I could tell you, uh, God shows up in time, and sometimes yeah we can blame God because we went out before Him, but you follow Christ and you do exactly what He tells you to, the money will meet you there. Yeah, we don't work to make money; we work to bring God glory. The Amen. byproduct of that is we make money, <clears throat> and so that's the that's the bottom line is that we we get it right. And so if the resources are out, don't focus on the money; focus on Jesus. And, and when all chaos is happening, we have no idea how things are going. God is greater. And, and stay focused there. Bring him glory there. Represent him there. And God will take care of the rest. And just know that he took care of the Israelites. He provided for them. He gave them water. He gave them food. He, he provided for them. Yeah. And so he gave them the Shekinah glory to lead them and guide them. And, and when, when, the, when the attack is great, God is right there. He'll never leave you, never forsake you. And so don't, don't, don't give in to that. So when you see that and that's happening, some of us are saying, well, I've been in that spiritual warfare for 15 years, man. Just don't quit. Amen. Don't dwell. On it. You might be like the Israelites, though. You might be having to stay in that, the, the, the desert for a long time. Yeah. You know, just just hunker down, get still, get in the word, be stronger. Satan does not want you in the word. He That's does right. not want you thriving for his glory. If you're giving in and, and fretting and all that, you're you're allowing him to win. If you're going through this, hunker down, man. Say, all right, I'm going to I'm gonna, we're going to defeat some Satan butt right now. Right. Satan butt. That's yeah. right. Awesome. It let stinks. let so, me let me tell you something that I hear stuff all the time. You can only imagine the stories that, that I've heard helping and trying to help people. Uh, I get a call from a pastor, medium-sized church. Uh, he's just all distraught. And uh, he says to me, they just don't respect me. And I said, well, help me a little bit. What does that mean? Well, I have a horrible office. It's not large, no windows. I, and I just let him ramble on for a little bit. And finally, I said, you know, I, I'm not really sharp about all this stuff, but uh, do you know the name Paul? <laughs> and he paused a minute and then he answered. And I said, well, you know, where did Paul write most of his stuff? Mm, amen. From a prison chain to people? Right. So good. It got real quiet. But my point is, is that he's not a bad person. He wasn't paying attention to what he was exposed to. Right. And you got to be on your game to pay attention when it dries up. It didn't mean it dried up because he might be trying to tell you something you need to know about your own character. Teach you something in that wow. teach you something. That's so good. 
So this is one of those things we need to be prepared for. If this is happening in your life, this is a spiritual attack. Absolutely. And let's flip the coin on that real quick. So Satan can use scarcity, but he can also use abundance, right? Oh, yeah. So why don't you guys talk about that a little bit? Maybe some examples of, uh, you know, or what can happen in when everything seems to be going right. Satan can use that to distract us just as well. I get scared and get on my knees. Do you? Yeah. Because I'm like, it, I've been beaten so much. When it gets good and sweet, I'm like, okay, I'm going to the prayer room because I know it's coming and it helps. Yeah, it really does. It does. It tests your uh, faith. It's, it's when you're, when you're being blessed and there's abundance of money, are you, are you, have you learned to not lean on the money, but lean on God? Have you learned to still be still in his presence and to hear him? Um, uh, because uh, many times we, we know we have the resources. And so we spend the money with that. It's almost like, you know, David going to war without consulting God first. Hmm. And, and yeah. so it's kind of the same mindset. And so you don't want to go to war without consulting God first. You want to make sure that God's going to bless it before you spend it. And so it's, it's the same thing. It's a testing of your faith, just the opposite way. Good stuff. All right. Um, number four, the fourth sign that you're under spiritual attack is a weakened prayer life. Mm. A weekend, a weekend, not a weekend oh. prayer life. Just make it sure. Although a yeah, lot no. of us, a lot of us have a weekend prayer life, right? <laughs> we, we need a more than one weekend day a week. Right? Yeah. <laughs> a weekend prayer life. Could you not watch me for an hour? Jesus said to his mm. disciples, as mm. he told them, "Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak." That mm. was Matthew twenty-six. Mm. So, what do you guys think about that? The weak prayer life being uh, just a warning sign about the. Uh, spiritual attack. Any examples there? Yeah, it's, um, you know, there's a lot of us are probably listening to this and and I would say probably most people would say I, I should have a better prayer life. I bet mm. you there's a lot of people out there that are, that are stating that um, their prayer life isn't where they should, it should be. And, and I was there at one morning and I, and I still feel like I can be praying more, but it's, if you, I've, I've made it a practice to every time I go out in public that I'm praying for people. I just, it's just a, a nonstop habit. And um, my wife and I would deliberately go to places where there's a lot of people and sit and just listen and pray. Last night I was at the airport and as I'm sitting there, I hear these ladies arguing over here and I have this person over there. And I just, I just started praying. And then I find myself asking God sometimes, Lord, I'm not sure how to pray for them. And I just ask him to help me. And the spirit of God would then uh, intervene and, and start praying. But when I'm being attacked or the spiritual attack is happening, that prayer time is lacked. It's I, I, I'll be out and rest at a restaurant or doing something and I won't be praying for people or I'll start noticing that, you know, I didn't pray for my kid that day or something happened that it was in, intervened. And that's how God will get us busy or he'll he'll do something to get us distracted. And so that when that happens, we have to acknowledge right away hey, there's, there's an attack happening. He's, God's, Satan's trying to distract you. He's trying to get your mind off of um, prayer, intercessory, intercessory prayer. And the Bible says the prayer of the righteous availeth much. And so we, we as, as men and women of God, we are to be praying and intercessoring for people. Amen. We are to be standing in the gap. As Jesus says, forgive them for they know not what they do. Well, there's a lot of people that have no idea what to do. And our obligation and duty is to pray for them Amen. and Amen. Uh, help them and be standing in the gap for them. Pete, I've found that in seminary um, years and years ago, 
I did not have much of a church background. I came to Christ and through the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, ended up in seminary. And I'm trying to put all the pieces together. I don't understand what's going on. I would not understand anything about holiness or any of those things. Mm-hmm. But I'm 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 there on and happened to have gotten a good church that I was there to learn. And they had a prayer room. And my testimony of my passion for prayer came at that experience. Mm-hmm. I was asked repeatedly to attend a revival at our church, and I kept dodging the guy who kept asking me. I'm going to seminary. I'm a seminary student. I'm helping in the middle school. I'm doing the work at the church. And this guy wants me to, to pray for this meeting. And I'm like, and I kept working. And finally, he trapped me one day. And I'm in the hall. Now, if you're serving in a church and you're asked to pray for a revival and you don't go, you're, you're mud. And so I told him, I said, Don, sure. No problem. I'd love to. Well, I had no idea what God had in store, but when I showed up at the time he designated, I wasn't sure God was awake that early in the morning. And so I showed up at the prayer room and there he was. And I go in and I'm, I'm, I'm down on the knees praying with him. He's praying. He's there before me, older gentleman. He's gone to be with the Lord. He traveled all over the country doing prayer seminars. And, and he's just talking away. I'm going to tell you guys, I opened my eyes. I looked around because he was talking to somebody who was in the room. Amen. And I realized, my word, I don't understand that. So that was the beginning of my journey. Wow. I realized, you know, this is a this is for real. And and God used that experience to begin to transform my life to understand the power of prayer and the conviction when you get your heart praying right. Mm. It's not so much what you change, it's what changes in you. Amen. Because you've connected with something that yeah. can change you. Yeah. And I'm so grateful. I got really upset because most of the time there, all they asked me to do was the invocation. <laughs> and I was like, but I could preach. I can teach. And and years later, talking to people who were there, they said, do you not understand that when you and God talked, it changed mm. the worship experience? Mm. And I thought, Lord, thank you. Yeah. Wow. Cause I didn't under, I didn't even understand. Amen. So I would just say to anybody out there, don't try to go to him when you know it all. Yeah. Go to him when you don't know anything mm-hmm. and just say, I don't know anything. Help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he does it. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, I think that's pretty critical because mm-hmm. a weak prayer life will destroy you. Amen. Well, the less time I, I need to notice how much time I'm spending with God, whether it's in his word or in prayer. And if, if I am spending less time and, and I'm not making much of him, I, it needs to be alarm for me. Mm. It needs to let me know that something is wrong. And uh, my, my pastor, the late Dr. Jerry Falwell used to said, all of our failures are a failure or our, uh, all of our failures are a failure to pray and Amen. no success comes without prayer. Amen. And uh, you know, it's so true. Uh, it states our dependence on God. How much you pray shows how much you need him. And uh, if you never call him, you never let him know you, you want him to be with you. You never communicate with him. He's going to assume that you don't need him, that you got this by yourself. And that is a scary place to be thinking and, and having God think, no, he's a pretty big boy. He's got this. He doesn't need me. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what I need him. Not a good I really place. Do. I really do need him. If you want to lose the battle, stop praying. Yeah. You sure. want to win? Get on your knees. Amen. Yeah.
Good stuff. It's that simple. It really is. Yeah. It, it's it's really that simple. Yeah. All right. Warning sign number five, feeling overwhelmed and helpless. Are you feeling overwhelmed by circumstances? That could be a sign that you are under attack. The word circumstance comes from two words, circum and uh, in circle, wait, circum, which means in circle, and stanch, which means to stand. In other, in other words, you are standing encircled by what's going on around you. It doesn't take long for feelings of being overwhelmed to lead to hopelessness. The Bible says, hope deferred makes the heart sick in Proverbs. It also tells us faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen in Hebrews 11.1. 1. If the enemy can get you to lose hope, he can get you to stop living by faith. Wow. So good. Mm. You know, yesterday, Bob, you shared in the prayer time uh, about uh, the Lord's Prayer. Yes, sir. And in the journey, uh, it brought me back to a picture that I saw of a shepherd pouring a bottle of oil over a sheep. And I'm not a farmer. Barry knows all that stuff. I don't have a clue, but I'm thinking there's something to this I didn't understand. And I had someone explain to me that the shepherd does that because the sheep can't protect their ears and they can't protect all of the stuff on their face. And that oil sends it all away. Now, I know this. I've had many times where I felt overwhelmed and helpless, but I have felt the oil of the Lord on me to protect me from the attacks that are coming in my life. That's good. Cause I don't know how to do it. Yeah. Psalm 23. There you go, man. It's it's six verses, but it is so deep there. And, and like you were saying about the oil, I didn't understand that either. So I I looked it up and it was, it's something to do with, there was this, this bug that gets into their eyes or into their ears and, and, and will kill the sheep. Yep. So that's what the oil is there to protect them from the enemy, right? That's Come, it. Uh, an enemy that you can't even see. Yeah. Just, I mean, there's just so much. Uh, I talk about it being deep, but Psalm 23 is powerful. Man, powerful. You could, I mean, literally six verses. You could, you could probably preach a sermon for like three weeks on six verses. I mean, because there, there's that much, so there. much to it. Yeah, it's really, really cool. Well, the so, role of the shepherd has always impressed me and, and trying to be a follower as a pastor doing the work of shepherding. Uh, there's so much I have to learn and, uh, and I'm learning. The picture that came to mind, I told you guys before, the thing that really resonated with me is that there's that statue, uh, wood carving I brought back from the Holy Land of a shepherd with a lamb around his shoulders. And I thought, well, that's cute. I mean, it's got, you know, I'm sure there's something to all that. Well, when I dug in, I found out that what the plan is that the shepherd keeps dealing with the wayward lamb, the sheep, and he has to finally break their legs and wrap them on the shoulder and carry them until they're healed. Hmm. And the interesting thing is when they're healed, they don't run off Hmm. because they've been on his shoulders. They've seen it firsthand. They've been cared for, nurtured, and they won't want to be any other place than there. Hmm. Well, when you haven't gone through brokenness, Hmm. uh, we were having a little bit of a dialogue before. If you haven't got scars, you're missing the whole point. So you don't want to feel overwhelmed and helpless, but don't take it as though he's walked out because he never does. Mm-hmm. This is to the Christian community. Yeah, These mm-hmm. are to believers we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But what sometimes he has to show us is that we wander off 
And if he has to, he'll break your leg to teach you. You don't need to wander off. You need to stay close to the so resource. Good. That is good. <laughs> we forget how good the shepherd is. Oh I don't my. think we understand. If we truly understood how good our shepherd is, right. we would never feel overwhelmed or helpless. No. So that's how we know there's a separation there. That's there why go. it's a warning sign. Well, there's some circumstances that are outside of our control. Sure. So there's some circumstances that happen to us, whereas nothing that we have done. Right. And that's the spiritual attack. And then there's other circumstances where it is what we've done. Consequences. There's the consequences to our actions. And so that's what you're alluding to. So the there's a wayward sheep that keeps going off. And right. that circumstance, sometimes God needs to, you know, break the leg in order for us to get to know him more intimately. But from a spiritual attack, being overwhelmed and depressed, there's people out there right now that that are like, I've been doing everything that has been right. I've been following, you know, I've been worshiping the Lord and so forth. And I just don't understand it. I can't handle this anymore. The weight is too heavy. The burden is too heavy. I can't handle this. And, and they're broken and they're listening right now. And that might be you. You might be under that spiritual attack. And we have to know that in that God is God is good and God is faithful and Amen. God is true. And, and you don't give in to that. Do not dwell upon the, the negative that's happening in your life. Do not yeah. dwell upon the, the circumstance that's overwhelming you. That's why you get hopeless. That's why you feel defeated. That's why you feel the way that you do that you just you're depressed. And the way to get out of that is you got, got to just get into the word. You got to start preaching the truth to your life. You got to start declaring God's goodness in your life. And you got to start seeing the good that's around you. If you had hot water this morning, praise the Lord. If you had a, a shirt this morning, praise the Lord. If you had food on the table, praise the Lord. Even if it's one meal, praise the Lord. If you're able to see today, praise the Lord. If you're able to hear today, praise the Lord. Whatever it is, do not dwell upon the circumstance that's, that's going to get you hopeless. Do not dwell upon the, the circumstance that's going to get your eyes off the goodness of God because he is so good. He loves you so much. Amen. And so don't give in to Satan's lies. Don't give in to that. He, 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 he's, he's right there. He is faithful. He is true. Marilyn and I uh, had the privilege to give, she gave birth to two children. And in the first birth, there was a, obviously a, a learning curve. I'm not sure that I fully grasped until we actually got into contractions, what a challenge it is. You talk about a hopeless feeling, and I'm sitting there as this green rookie dad trying to go, oh, you're going to be fine. You're, you're going to be fine. And she's about ready to take my head off. And I'm thinking, this is a really tough situation. I remembered that they said, get a focal point. And so we found a picture that meant a lot to her. We put it on the wall. And when she went into contractions, I kept saying, Good. look at the picture, look at the picture, mm. look at the picture. And the, the, the fetal monitor would come back down. She'd breathe again. And then it come back up. And to your point, there is a feeling of desperation yep. Yep. and you're in the middle of it. And in yep. between contractions, you're yep. breathing again, but all of a sudden it starts up and you're like, Oh no, oh no, oh no. But but God is there. Yeah. And and I think they need to hear today. Do not forget, he's not surprised. Yep. That's and he right. hadn't gone anywhere. Right. He's gonna be there. But I know that hopeless feeling. Yeah. And you hit it on the nail. And yeah. if you're out there and you're going through that, man, know there's a lot of people. No, there's at least some people right here who love you. Yeah. That's right. That's so good. 
We got Pete in preacher preacher mode right there. I love it. <laughs> Me love too. It. Awesome. <laughs> so good. All right. Number six. The sixth sign that you are under spiritual attack is that the old bad habits begin to resurface <laughs> in your life. Ooh. These old sinful habits that your soul wants to fall back on when things aren't going your way, things that indulge the flesh. This, if this happens to you, do not ignore the warning convictions of the Holy Spirit. I think this is a big one, guys. Oh my. Yep. It's easy to fall back. It's easy to go back fishing, right? Go for it. Yeah. That's, that's good, Bob. <laughs> it's called carnality. Amen. And what is this a sign of? It's a sign of me being under the control of my flesh and not under the yielded control of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so I'm looking for a way out. That's what it is. Yeah. And when I go back to my old way is I'm entertaining the comfort. I'm entertaining the pleasure of sin. And I'm tempted and I'm giving in a little bit and I, and we're tasting it. We took a bite of the uh, fruit and, and we're tasting it. Mm, yeah. I remember now that's good. And that is such a huge warning sign. I, I'm going to warn you that uh, we haven't talked about this yet, but we kind of touched on it, but you have no idea. You just cannot hardly imagine how much the enemy hates you. Yeah. He really hates you. Why? You know what you've done? God created you in his image. And so every time you start to uh, illuminate more the image of God and more the greatness of God in you, he hates it and he wants to attack and he wants to rob you. He wants to get you in the flesh. He wants to make you carnal. And because you will not be powerful and impactful with your ministry because you're in the flesh. And, and that is, is what is resurfacing is that he's got you distracted again. Hmm. I've got a grandson, Marilyn, I have five grandkids and uh, one of them here in Orlando began a conversation, just slid into spiritual stuff. I, I love children. If, if you're in, a Christian growing in the likeness of Christ, hang with kids. Yeah. They'll just blow your mind. Yeah. And so we're sitting there having a conversation. All of a sudden we, I, I shared about Adam and Eve in the garden and kind of the whole issue and an overview type thing. And my grandson looked at me and he said, Papa, what was in that apple? <laughs> I said, son, it wasn't nothing with the apple. It was that they were defiant. They disobeyed. Like when you disobey your mom, they were told not to, and they did it anyway. And, and I believe with all my heart, the problem is Barry nailed it. They, I want to go back. Hmm. Let's, let's, I know this, I can, I'm comfortable with this. I, I can make this work. Um, but, but not so. There's a, when we're facing the other trials that we talked about. So when you're tired or there's physical fatigue, um, when you are battling a circumstance where there's hopelessness, um, when you're going through something that's really hard, you, you don't want to, you, if you don't have a practice of leaning on the spirit, you're going to lean on the flesh. Uh, you know, the, 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 the spirit is willing, but the, I mean, the flesh, the weakened spirit is willing. And, and, and so if you do not put on the full armor of God every day, if you are not preparing yourself or positioning yourself to be in God's presence, if you're not looking at things from God's perspective and you're dwelling upon your own circumstances and you're putting your eyes on yourself, 
you are going to be defeated. You're going to go back to your old ways. And so if you had alcoholism in the past, you're going to find yourself back there. If you've been addicted to porn, you're going to find yourself back there. If you've been addicted to eating habits or gossiping or whatever else the flesh is causing, you're going to find yourself there. If you're addicted to watching TV shows or binging and, and just going crazy, you're going to find yourself there. And, and God is God at that very moment is crying out and saying, listen, I can get you through this. There's no temptation. There's no temptation that you're going to be in that I cannot get you out of it. And, and we have to practice and learn the power of the Holy spirit. We have to practice saying no in the name of Jesus. And whenever I'm tempted, there's certain things that I do. I'll say it out loud. No, no. And that power and that word, no tells my brain, stop tells my brain to stop what you're doing, turn around and fall on your knees and start worshiping. And then there's a song that pops into my head all the time. Jesus, draw me close, closer, Lord, to you. And I don't want to sing it. You guys, <laughs> you just get did. your ears. Yeah. But anyways, it's something, <laughs> that, something that tells me right away that, that yeah, I need to get to Jesus. Amen. And so if we do not have that practice, we're going to find ourselves in a cycle. We're going we're gonna to find us, why do I always go back to that sin? Mm-hmm. Why do I always keep doing the same thing over and over again? It's because we stopped saying no, and we allowed it to go. I, I deserve it. I'm going through all this time. I need some sort of comfort right now. I need a quick fix. I need to get me through this moment. I need to be numb, whatever that is. Mm. And God says, I'm greater than that. Amen. My spirit is greater than that. My, my presence is greater than that. It's, it's better than anything that this world can offer you. Just fall on your knees to me. Let me fill you up. Let me speak life into you. Let me get you through this. Let my strength overwhelm you. Do not give into it. Say no out loud. Turn from it. Run from it. Flee from it at all costs. And don't let Satan win here because this is where he pulls down pastors this is where he pulls down, um, you know, people that are in ministry. These are this is where he pulls down the high guys, those guys that are up there high. Yep. And if he's pulling them down with that, I mean, if you're not up in that high escalon or whatever, and you're just a baby Christian, just think, learn this tool, surround yourself with these this the understanding the spirit of God. Surround yourself with people that are strong in their faith to help teach you this. Find that it's so important. Because this is where Satan can get you. Amen. So I um, so good. Pete. I want to throw something in here, Pete, because I'm becoming, as we talk, more sensitive to the fact that there's probably more people out there who have a lack of discipline than have discipline. Yeah, that's right. And I started out in ministry young and fired up, and I knew that if you just prayed more, it'd get better. If you read scripture more, it'd get better. And I'm going to tell you, if you're out there today and you're battling addictions, uh, I totally get it. It's, it's, it's often beyond your control. It's not out of God's scope and it's not without the power of the Holy spirit. If you're a believer, when I counsel somebody that's going through addictive behavior, I begin with the most important thing is, do you know Christ? Yep. If you were to die today, are you going to heaven? And they need to know that. So let's assume they say, yes, well, the addiction doesn't go away. That problem is there. And the thing is, everything that I have read, it's a battle of the mind. Yeah. And you've got to come to some resolve. When you say no, yep. that's my tell your mind, yep. hey, that's not good. Yep. And, and if you don't have people around you that love you enough to say, hey, no, yep. 
That's a tough place. Yep. But don't feel helpless if you're out there and you don't think that you can survive because I can't tell you the number of pastors that have walked away from the ministry because they honestly believe nobody could help them. Yeah. And that's a lie from the pit of hell. Yeah, amen. Absolutely. There is hope, there is help, and there's other things that you can do in ministry. And stepping away and resting is not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. So I just would say, and if you've got Christian counselors, I don't want to get off on that tangent, but there's a whole lot of people that love making money and they're not helping anybody. Yeah. But I, I mean, I'm a testimony. And I can tell you that you can, you can get through this and, and, and God is greater and he can get you through this. So if you're struggling here and you're battling here, I'm telling you, God is greater than this. He can get you through this. You got to call out to him. You got to put yourself in a position. You just got to do whatever it takes. Quit whatever it is that's causing this to, to come in. If it's TV, quit it. If it's your phone, get a dumb phone. Stop. Whatever it is, I'm telling you, you can. You have to cut it off. And, and you, God is greater here. That's so good. No, in Jesus' name. That's it. That's, what a great trigger. All right. Our seventh, our seventh warning sign is pulling away from God's relationship. When old sinful habits start tempting you, the next sign of a spiritual attack is sure to follow. Pulling away from godly relationships. Um, look around. You have pulled out of have you pulled out of relationships with people at church or maybe your small group? Are more and more of your friends carnally minded rather than spiritually minded? Uh, you know, are you feeding your flesh more than you're feeding your spirit? If so, you are stumbling around the battleground and the enemy has a target on your head. This one, guys, this is dangerous. This is, I mean, all seven of them are dangerous. But I think this one, man, there's nothing that Satan would like more to, than to get you all by yourself. What do you guys think? Yeah, the devouring comes when the antelope is by itself. Yeah. <laughs> After it's been weakened. That's right. After it's sick. Isolated. And boy, does that lion like to rip it to sheds then. He'll get you by the juggler. And that's so, so important because uh, isolation is another enemy. Amen. Being alone is not good unless you're going to be alone with God. Amen. But when we pull back and, and I, I see this so much in myself and so much in other pastors that this isolation is an unhealthy thing. And it's just, I don't want to deal with it. So, and I don't want to deal with others and I don't want to deal with myself. So I isolate myself having a, a, a cord of three strands around you, having Amen. people around you that Amen. will hold your arms up, having people around you that will encourage you, having people around you that will lift you up in prayer when you're struggling and when you're under attack, you cannot make it without that. It Amen. is it is so essential and uh, it's just so important, but it is a warning sign that disasters get ready to come. One yeah. of the things that I learned in my athletic career uh, at Florida State, we put a lot of emphasis on catching the ball. When Barry and I first met each other, I, I had fun with him because he's a lineman. And that's a different breed of people. <clears throat> and as a receiver, we're at a little bit higher level. Is that right? Yeah. But the challenge for me was I was a tight end. So I had limited ability to run fast and minimal ability to catch. And once in a while, I could block. You're just a big target. That was kind of it. The linebackers loved me a lot. One of the things that was said and, and beat into my thinking process as an athlete is that the greatest receiver has the shortest memory. Mm. 
Because if you drop the ball and you're going to stew, four plays are gone. Hmm. It's done. The game will be over by the time you get your confidence hmm. back. You've got to understand that living out your Christian faith, you're going to drop the ball. Hmm. You're not disqualified. If you do it on a regular basis, your service is limited to what you can handle without destroying yourself. Mm. But I really believe that one of the things that we're saying here is that I've got to have some godly relationships where people are telling me, yeah. brush it off, get out there and go again, get out there and go again. Now, well, Barry never missed any blocks, so he didn't have to deal with that. Right. But yeah. the rest of us struggled. Yeah. <laughs> Man, right. Satan loves to use us, remind us of those Beat times that we dropped the ball. Beat no, you absolutely. to death with it. Absolutely. It's it's the it's again, it goes back to self-protection. And people uh are scared of vulnerability. Yeah. And uh they go into relationships and they're they're afraid of things coming out or maybe they're past, or uh, maybe they start realizing they're not as holy as they thought they were, mm. or, or whatever that is, There's or they have some sin in their closet, and they're just afraid to get around other people. And so instead of engaging in that, they rather be away from that. And, and I'm telling you right now, if you're not involved in a life group, uh, if you're not involved in, as, as Barry said, a tricorder, just people that are close to you that can hold you accountable, I'm telling you, Satan's going to win here. He's going to beat you here. He's going to um, uh, defeat you. You're going to lose. So it's it's so important to have godly relationships. It's not it to, if you're that Christian that goes in the back door and then leaves every single week and you do not engage. You're vulnerable. Yeah. And you're vulnerable for the attack, as Barry said so so perfectly. The gazelle's going to get chewed up, man. Yeah. It's, it is, and you need to get around those people. So it's, it's vital. So those are the seven warning signs that we wanted to share with you today. But, and as we were going through some of those signs, or most of the signs, we we're giving you things you can do to, to combat the, the, the enemy. But I kind of wanted to just wrap up the show, guys, by just maybe just, just helping some folks out that are listening today that just, man, this is maybe overwhelming to them. Maybe they're like, this whole spiritual battle thing is, you know, they weren't even aware that it was going on. But now that they've heard kind of the warning signs, maybe they're identifying some of those things in their life that, uh, oh, wow, you know, that maybe that is what that is. Maybe it is the, the enemy. And um, so how talking to that person, that person that's realizing that, man, I've got, you know, I've, I see some of these signs. What do they do to address that? You know, and we said, you know, no, in Jesus name and, and be surrounded by, um, you know, godly people. But is there any other advice uh, that, that you can share with them? So practical, I mean, just making it real, make it practical so that they can, you know, put this into their lives. And man, we just don't want people to struggle. And we certainly don't want the enemy to win. Bob, I'm going to run through just a couple of things that I try to share with these guys as they're going through this. Uh, the first thing to find a deliverance from a stronghold uh, is that you've got to know the Lord. And secondly, you got to realize the conflict. That's a reality. You've got to see it and accept it and know it's there. Then you've got to uh, resist in prayer, which we've talked about, the power of prayer. Uh, and as you stand against the enemy, you call out and rebuke. And as, as a pastor, they know some of that. A lot of them don't even believe there's anything like spiritual warfare, which always amazes me. And and then the the real key, I think the real key as you resist in prayer is you gotta you gotta stay vigilant. 
You got to stay with it. You, you, it doesn't go away. Uh, I'm, I'm probably the oldest guy in the room and I'm here to tell you, uh, I'll fight sin every day and the enemy has not given up and he's going to find it, trick yeah. me. And where a lot of you, uh, older men out there, uh, you're, you're set for failure because you think you got it made. Yeah. There's no home stretch until mm. God calls you home. Mm. But the most important thing I would say is that, uh, by being faithful, you have to replace the void. Yeah. If I go before the Lord and I confess my sin and I say, uh-oh, I messed up. God says, okay, you're forgiven. And if you think that the demons are going to leave, you're totally misinformed hmm. because the scripture says they go away and find two or three more to come with them yep. and they come back. Yep. And that condition is even worse. Yeah. So I would simply say wow. that one, accept the fact that it's a reality, and then don't forget the power of worship. Mm. You know, Bob, you said that. Say, say thanks. Say encourage. Be, be, make your worship. It's not, and and I'm old school, so I'll get through it, and you you'll forgive me. But the reality is, it's not in your quality of presentation. It's in the brokenness of your heart. Amen. So good. If you can sing a song and not cry, mm. you 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 missing it. <laughs> I'm, I'm pastoring a church in North Carolina and, and, and there's a big, big church that's getting in going. And it was a charismatic emphasis, a biblical charismatic emphasis. And, uh, I had a Sunday off. I went and listened and our people were afraid to lift their hands. Hmm. They sat on, them. they didn't know what to do. And I was so frustrated. And I went to that church with a couple thousand folks in there and I looked at their eyes that's what I focused on. I didn't worry about what they were singing. Doctrinally, they were okay, but their eyes were as dead. Mm. And I thought, Lord, thank you for opening my eyes, because it isn't whether you can wail your arms. It isn't whether you can jump up and down. It's where is your heart? Yeah. And so I would just simply say, guys, whoever's out there listening, please understand that the issue is your heart. Amen. And if you're going to survive this thing, you're going to have to address your heart. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes we need others around us to help us. Yeah. And um, we need a Jonathan in our life. Amen. You know, as Amen. David had. And yeah. uh, someone that can actually speak life. But yeah, it's sad. There's a lot of spiritually dead churches out there. Yeah. And they're under a spiritual attack. And, and the pastor, I pray for you, is, is not not meeting the needs that God needs him. He's got to teach them these things. He's got to teach them how to get through this and, uh, and to find revival within their own heart. Amen. And, uh, you know, if you're, if the pastor is spiritually dead, the church is going to be spiritually dead. Absolutely. If the pastor is on fire and lit, the church is going to be on fire and lit. And, uh, and so, uh, that goes with our own life. Dads, if you're fire and lit, your family is going to be fire and lit. Mom, same thing. Kids, whoever that is, that's out there. Um, find a way to get in God's presence, find a way to, 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 to just worship him. So good. And, and from that, all things are added unto you. Amen. And don't be afraid to cry out. Yeah. I, 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 I run into these pastors, particularly uh, pride's an ugly thing mm. and it's keeping them out of joy. Yeah. And then they're out of ministry because they have no joy. Yeah. So the prayer is Lord, help us to live so that we can bring that kind of joy into their lives. Amen. Have you ever uh, seen the writing that says this every morning in Africa, a gazelle wakes up 
<laughs> Why are y'all laughing? Yeah. You got gazelle. a theme, baby. You got a theme. Run, yeah, with, it. Run, with, it. Run with it. <laughs> Every morning, the gazelle wakes up knowing it's got to outrun the slow, the the fastest lion. Yeah. And every morning, the lion wakes up knowing it's got to run faster than the slow, slowest uh, gazelle. And it says, every morning, the, the gazelle and the lion wakes up knowing it's got to run fast. Yeah. And it's got to yeah. be running. And w- why did I say that? I said it because we, we've got to wake up every morning and realize it's a battle. And that the battle is not people. Amen. They're not our enemies. Mm. It's not our spouse. It's not our kids. It is a real life enemy that hates your guts. Amen. And, yeah. uh, you know, we're, we're talking about acknowledging that there is a battle going on. And, and that's part, of, that's the biggest part of the game that we've got to announce, acknowledge that we have enemies and that they don't want us to be successful and be like Christ. And then we got to identify what's going on. And, and Ephesians chapter uh, six it says it really well. It says, finally, be strong. Amen. But the strength is not in your own might. It's in the Lord. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. You put on the full armor of God so that you could take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor, God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then. So what are we supposed to do? Stand. Mm. We're supposed to allow God in the mornings to put our armor on. And here's the armor. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with the feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray. I love that. See, waking up every morning and realizing that it's a battle, but the battle is is over souls. It's over God's glory. It's over his kingdom. And God has already won. You fight from victory to victory. You are already a conqueror. Acknowledge and understand that you have authority. Amen. And God is with you. What else, guys? Well, Barry, I think you said it best. And there's going to be people out there, sorry, that are seeking God right now. And there's people right there that are struggling right now. And um, Lord, why, why don't you just speak to them, Barry? I mean, there's maybe someone that's really wanting to give their life to the Lord, or maybe they're just under a spiritual attack and speak to those people. If you're, if you're looking uh, on YouTube, look, look in my eyes here. And maybe you feel today beaten up and you need to be rescued. Can I tell you, that there is a force that is ready to rescue you. Amen. God will send his angels. God will send his spirit. God will send his presence and he will not leave you nor forsake you. If you are a child of God, know that he is near and that he cares. Please don't let the enemy say that to you and don't believe the lie that he doesn't care because that is nothing but a lie. What, what if you're here today? And you don't know whether or not you're a child of God and you are beaten up, you're you're frustrated, you're anxious, you don't know where you're going to turn. Well, the first place to turn is to Jesus. Amen. And, and 
And I know I've been there. I know you don't feel worthy for anybody to die for you, but Jesus did. And he would die for you a million times over because you mean that much to God. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter what you've gone through, God sees value in you. And he has a plan for you. And he has a purpose for your life. Your life has meaning. But it's got to start with a relationship with him. We've got to acknowledge that we're sinners and that we don't measure up and that we're the one that's in need and that God sent his son to meet that need, to pay the penalty of our sin. And he died on the cross. He was buried and he rose again. And by believing that, we realize that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man comes to the Father except through him. Have you acknowledged that? Have you asked forgiveness of your sin? Have you believed in Jesus and put in your trust, not in yourself, but in what Jesus did? And have you called upon his name? At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. In heaven, on earth, in the spiritual realm, every demon has to bow its knee at the name of Jesus. There's power in that name, and it's the only name that can save. Would you call upon that name right now? Would you pray to him? And would you invite him into your life to be your Lord and Savior right now? Would you pray with me? Dear God, I know that you love me. I know that you have a plan for my life, but I've blown it. Mm. I'm a sinner, and I've offended you, and I've turned my back on you, and I've done it my way, and it doesn't work. I am so sorry. Please forgive me. God, I pray that that you would just forgive me of my sins, and I ask in the name of Jesus that you would... uh, believe in Jesus mm. and and believe in his death, burial, and resurrection. And because you believe in Jesus and that he's alive and that he's here, Jesus, come into my life right now and save me, rescue me, and help me to get out of this mess, not just to get out of this mess, but to be made whole by you. Come into my life right now and be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm telling you, in praying that prayer, in your life, the enemy is defeated. And I congratulate you. You're a child of God. You have hope for all of eternity. And uh, the enemy is defeated. Amen. Praise God. What do we do next, Pete? You know, it's uh, there's a spiritual attack. Even that prayer. That's right. We're having technology issues. You know, God is so good. Um, We would love to hear from you. Go on to our our website at riotpodcast.co. If you gave your life to the Lord, click on the No God menu bar and, and, and go down to the bottom. Click on Yes, I gave my life to the Lord. Fill out that that sheet, and we would love to get some information to you to get you connected with a local body or church if you're not there, and uh, just really to be able to minister to you and wherever the situation you're in. But guys, that was an awesome show, huh? So Amen. cool. God so is so awesome. good. Yeah, guys, make sure you make you jump onto our Facebook page, like it, subscribe. Same thing on YouTube. If you guys haven't had a chance to to actually see us instead of just listen to us, jump onto YouTube and check that out. Unless you're driving, then don't do that. But uh, man, we just we just 
so appreciate you guys know that uh, we pray for you guys weekly and um, man, we just, we do this show uh, for an audience of one, but to bless you. And uh, honestly, you guys do, uh, you do that for us as well. So we love you guys. We cannot wait till next week's show. And um, man, I just hope you were blessed by today's show. Spiritual warfare is real and uh, you are the target, but man, the battle has already been won. Hallelujah. So guys have a great week. Any final words? Thank you so much for joining us, Pastor Rick. It has been an honor and a blessing having you here. Honor is mine. And I want to offer our services to any who make contact with you. And we'll be more than happy to send out some warfare material or offer some locations or whatever. But thank you so much. And keep up the good work. God's going to bless it. What a blessing. Thank you, guys. Be blessed. Love you. God bless. This has been The Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of The Riot Podcast.